still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans plugging the boys in blue black and white my name is gabriel and i'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow bath fan tom so i think on the last podcast we promised that we'd be back when there was some news to talk about well i think we've waited long enough ahead of the exeter game on friday night and nothing to talk about so i don't know what we're going to fill the next half an hour with but but no news how are you yeah, I've been waiting, waiting with uh, bated breath, um, and now yeah, very, very much bated. If that is, if that is a thing, um, yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing much to report. But um, it's been 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 two weeks now, so well long enough to to, to get back together and have a, have have a quick chat about all things Bath. And and you're telling me you didn't want to come back to talk about our second seventy one point defeat of the season uh, a couple of Fridays ago. Well, we, we thought before that game, we were talking about how consistent we were being in our results. But this this has taken that to uh, to a whole new level. And I don't know if people on, on social media have seen the, the jokes that have been going around about the uh, the Bath badge with obviously the 1865 logo and whether that actually represents the average score for, for this season because um, it's, uh, it's, it's starting to feel a little bit like that. Yeah, 71 points. If you told me we were going to get that once and concede that many once in a season... I probably wouldn't have believed you, but but twice within the space of of a month or so is 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 quite something. So yeah, we, why don't we why don't we um well we, we should probably discuss that game, but mm. let's let's not labour it because it was it was all too painful for us to do a dedicated podcast to to, to go through each of the eleven tries that that Gloucester managed to put past us. Yeah, I think we will touch on that game, Tom. Maybe have a look at the individuals involved from a Bath point of view and, and whether any of them took their chance given to them with the team selection and, and who maybe hampered their chance for, for future opportunities. We're also then going to talk about the lack of news, what we think that means going forward from, from a Bath point of view. Obviously, the internal review, I imagine, is, is still ongoing, although radio silence on that appears to be swept under the carpet. Tom, before looking ahead to Friday night's game against Exeter Chiefs at home, back in the Premiership. Um, and yeah, back with a, a, another West Country derby and another very difficult looking West Country derby. So all that to come on the podcast. I will just ask you please to subscribe to the podcast as they do um, now become more and more regular as we hit, uh, um, as we ramp up to a really busy period of, of rugby for Bath and, and follow us on social media at Bath Rugby Plug, please joining the conversation there. And finally, please do just share it with a friend. As we always say, we want to grow this safe space for the Bath fans to come and, 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 and console themselves after what is likely to be a, a, another defeat and, and, and what's looking like a pretty tough season, Tom. Um, and yeah, let's get into it. As you say, the tough season continued a couple of Fridays ago with that defeat to to, to Gloucester 71-10, as you mentioned, and, and kind of initially taking it big picture with the benefit of hindsight do you think Bath did the right thing in making all of those changes and playing such an inexperienced team and did that actually in the end do anyone any good yeah you know, I, I think it's a difficult one because you know going going into the game I mean you might remember that I, I I came up with kind of a 15 or a 23 actually for for this game and it was 
it was fairly close, to be honest, to, to what they actually fielded. Very, very inexperienced. Um, five academy guys, I believe, in the, the, starting, the starting 15. A couple of, um, you know, uh, older guys in the form of Tom Dunn, Will Spencer, um, Roy McConaughey. But that was basically it, those three in the starting 15. And obviously, you, you know, in a competition like this, you you don't really you, you don't get to see the opposition team before before you put your own out, and that is a little bit of an issue because it was very clear that Bath were treating this purely as a, a development opportunity. Given there's no Bath United games um, and, and hasn't been for some time, it's our opportunity. Partly because of the unavailability of the guys at the top, it's our opportunity to put out a younger side and to get these guys getting some game experience. Gloucester, I think, saw this very differently. And, you know, just looking down through their, their team that played for them, I mean, Sacchino, Hooker, Balmain, Freddie Clark, Ruan Ackerman, Lewis Ludlow and Ben Morgan making up the back row. I mean, that back row started many times in the Premiership for them. All experienced guys, some with international honours as well. Um, Lloyd Evans, really 12 trees, a veteran in the centre, taking on, you know, Will Butt, who's, who's barely played in his senior rugby um, Tom Seabrook as well, and then guy experienced guys on the bench as well, particularly in the in the front row. So it was very very difficult, and I think you you want to you want to look at a game like this and say let's take the scoreline out of it, let's take the result out of it. It's a pure development opportunity, but there is a very fine line between that and actually destroying some of the confidence of of the players. And when you concede eleven tries and seventy one points. You, I think, are getting to the point of 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 doing doing more harm than than good. So, um, yeah, I mean, the game game was what a couple of weeks ago now. So, um, without going to go into it to detail, I mean, in in hindsight, I think a lot of those guys probably came out of it feeling battered and bruised, both physically and mentally, um, and it probably wasn't an experience that they'll look back on um, and and feel much benefit at all. No, no. No, I don't think anyone from a Bath point of view got, got anything out of, out of the game a couple of Fridays ago. As, as you say, Tom, it was particularly in that forward pack, like we were just bullied up front. The, 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 the inexperienced gap between the respective forward packs was, was vast and, and it showed on the evening. Uh, and, and as you say, it wasn't as though there was a let up and, and Gloucester could um, take off their, their more experienced guys once the game was won. The, the, the bench for Gloucester was, was really strong and, by contrast, the bench for Bath almost got even more inexperienced than, than the starting team did. So yeah, they were onto a hiding from the from the get go. Um, but I do think that it was still really, really bad. Like yeah, okay, there was there were some some inexperienced guys, and and yeah, the, the 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 contrast between the two sides was 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 clear to see. But but it should not get to a point when. It's seventy-one ten, and you're conceding eleven tries. Like, it really shouldn't get to that. You have to show, no matter how inexperienced you are. I think you have to show a bit more fight, and it just can't unravel in the way it did. And 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 that's kind of the way it's been for for Bath this season. That that it just unravels when it when it all starts to go wrong. So so whilst I, you know it was men against boys for sure, I just think the game was actually even worse. Bath played even worse than that, and the, the, the gap between the two sides was even more than just the kind of gap than, 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 than the inexperience would, would kind of normally show, if that makes sense. Like if you look at Exeter, for example, who, who we play obviously this Friday, they played Gloucester 
And it was very similar in terms of Leicester playing a lot of young guys um, and a lot of inexperienced guys and Gloucester playing a strong side. But they kind of, I say only, but they only lost that game by 45 points to 19. Now that's a much more respectable scoreline. And, you know, keeping it to some sort of respect, I think I think was important and, and Bath just weren't able to do that. Yeah, it's it's the seventy one, isn't it? I mean, if, if if that's if that's thirty five or even forty, forty five, ten, I mean, we come away from it and we think, given the two teams, and and you know, you don't, you, you, I don't think you can blame the coaches for for selection, to be honest, because that our intention was to treat it as a as an as an academy, as a development competition, and I think that's to be honest, wise, given the injuries we have and given the um, intensity of the fixture list that's coming up as you as you as you just referred to but to concede 11 tries it, it shouldn't be quite that bad these guys uh, ultimately are players that want to be pushing to be senior players within a year or two are or despite being an academy uh, currently are already involved in the senior squads also we had those few experienced guys in there so the gap in terms of physicality shouldn't be as, as much as it was and again for me it's a defensive thing Gloucester were able to score in every which way they wanted we put up basically you know zero fight at all when they got close to our our line and ultimately we allowed you know Ben Morgan who ultimately is a is a bit of a flat track bully we imagine we, we allowed him to do to do exactly that so yeah I, I probably agree I'm, I'm maybe being a little bit a little bit generous um but ultimately, I don't. I don't want to be opening up these these guys who, for many of them, it was their first their first outing against against senior against senior players. Yeah, I think for some of them, it was it was their first outing against senior players. But I do think that that the coaches were, were probably hoping that there'd be a couple of guys that that weren't as young that were kind of put their hand up to make selection more difficult for the extra game. But I mean, selection is difficult for the extra game. Don't get me wrong, but it's not difficult in a positive way. It's difficult in who have we got that are 23 guys that are going to be capable to putting up a, a decent fight, you know, and, and there's a couple of guys that, that stand out for me that, that really didn't do their, their future chances any good. And, and, and this really pains me to say, because it's two guys that I, you know, I really am, I really, am excited about and, and kind of hope that they would take a step this season and that's Max Green and Darren Atkins you know I thought both of them looked firstly really rusty because they hadn't played a lot of rugby but also as guys that aren't as inexperienced as some of the players on that pitch just kind of looked as though they 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 were a bit out of place and there was countless errors from Green countless errors from from Darren Atkins that that, yeah, just just didn't help us on the night. And it's those guys that I think were, was um, kind of a really disappointing night for. Both at Jersey, weren't they, on, on loan together? Mm. Yeah, and Butt. With the, uh, I think Butt was with them as well. But, but yeah, frustrating night. And, and yeah, nobody putting their hand up and, and nobody from a Bath point of view, as I said, getting anything out of, out of that game. And, to and, 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 and for the cherry on top, given our limited options in this area, now uh, another... Quite serious looking injury for for Jacko Kutsia, who 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 went off, and we don't have an update on him. But I mean, just another one to potentially add to the to the list of injuries. G cherry on top of a white cake for from a Gloucester point of view on 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 Friday night. 
don't think you enjoyed that joke, Tom. But um, yeah, we're, <laughs> we'll move on to to, to talk about um, the past couple of weeks then. And, and as I say, we we delayed the, the podcast in anticipation of some news from the club after this internal review that, that I guess is currently ongoing between uh, Ed Griffiths and the senior figures at Bar. Tom, we haven't heard anything publicly. Does that surprise you? Have you not heard? You not heard the, the big the big announcement on the fifteenth of November? <laughs> what was that? The launch of the brand new mascot experience. <laughs> I thought I thought you, you must have seen that. <laughs> Ed, Griffith, Ed Griffiths has been brought in to revolutionise the club, and um, I mean, if you're if you're between age five and twelve, then he's certainly he's certainly he's certainly done that for you. But no, no, nothing as 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 you say. Um, all it's been is early bird ticket offers and merchandise, new merchandise. I know, and, and, and new kit, which begrudgingly I actually quite like, and I'll probably be be um, be, be investing a hard earned cash in. I mean, um, don't feel like I want to give Bath any money with the 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 way it's been going, but the yeah, the new grey away kit is mm. is quite nice. But anyway, back on to back on yeah, back on to matters of hand. So I was, I was, I was thinking about this G, and it's been twenty five days now since the open letter was written announcing Ed Griffiths on the, the 20, 29th of October. And, you know, I think most fans probably think that or, or, or thought or expected that we, we probably would have heard something by now, at least before Exeter. I mean, you know, it was, it was Tarquin McDonald said that this would be the opportunity, this three-week break would be the opportunity to have the, have the, the review. Um, and there's been kind of various rumours that have been have been circulating mainly through the, the the rugby paper, but I was I was kind of approaching it from a slightly different way, and I think almost the fact that we haven't heard anything from them yet, I find in a strange way a little bit encouraging, because I think if if there wasn't something concrete that was that was going to happen, if there wasn't some actual action that was was going to happen we would have probably expected another letter or another article, you know, plagiarising the, the latest management textbook that's, that's been released, talking about systems and philosophy and, and all, all that stuff that, that no one really knows what, what, it, what, it, what it means. Um, and so I think, yeah, almost that coupled with those rumours that have been circulating to me suggests that maybe there's actually something concrete that is, is, is going to happen, but... Yeah, maybe that's me. Maybe that me. That's me just spinning it in the kind of most sanguine way I can. But I am surprised we've not heard anything. And you know, that to me could mean that actually there is there is some there is something to this in terms of a concrete change. Yeah, I'm not sure what sanguine means, but I think you're being way too optimistic on 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 that one, Tom. It feels like to me <laughs> that, that Ed Griffiths has gone in. He's seen one of those extremely expensive rugs that adorns the Farley House floors and he's just lifted it up and swept it all underneath there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling positive that, that we're going to get anything concrete from, from, from this period. And, and yeah, it, it's hugely surprising that like we heard that they're interested in a defence coach and, and I think Paul Gustard was the name that was reported in the rugby paper. But Paul Gustard's in a three-year contract with Benetton. So... You know, I can't see that happening. And it just kind of, yes, they need a defence coach, but we're not getting any sort of, you know, there's there's no actual, to me, there's no suggestion that we're actually going to see any change. And, and if there was going to be change, what's the point of not 
what's the point of doing it, not doing it in this break that, that they've got? And 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 you can't have taken oh, this to identify what the what the issue at hand is. Well, I think to that point, to, to that point, with this, it's, it, you know, it's not, it's not going to happen overnight. We've had we've had three weeks. They, if they were going to make some kind of appointment after after bringing in Ed Griffiths and and him him speaking to players, speaking to coaches, all that kind of thing. That's that's probably wouldn't be finalised by now, which is which is kind of what I'm saying. Which is kind of what I'm saying. I think I think if if they were just sweeping everything under the the carpet, and they were just gonna gonna come up with some new letter or try and spin it in some other way that we haven't seen yet, I think that already would have happened because I think they were keen to show that this appointment has achieved something in this three week break that they highlighted as the time for review. So I, I just think that the fact we haven't heard anything might mean that there is. There is there is something to come, and you know you, you speak about Gustard. I mean, for me, he's he's the per, he'd be a perfect kind of guy to bring in. You know, hard nosed has has actually been a successful defence coach at international level. Has got a bunch a pack of wolves and a bag of snakes that he can bring and and make these guys toughen up a little bit. As as you know, as, as we don't seem able to be at the moment, and you know he's assistant coach at Benetton. I think he'd 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 move back to. England, he'd move to a club like Bath with a with a, a, a you know a fairly well paid and top role within the within the department. So I don't think that 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 will be an issue. Contract surely means something though. Like yeah, but you can throw enough money at anything. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe you're right, right. But, but I just don't understand. I guess my wider point, Tom, is. This I know you say this can't happen overnight, and yeah, maybe it can't happen overnight, but it's not rocket science what the issue is. So, you know, if he is going to identify what the issue is, he surely has done it by now, and and then has to move before the Premiership resumes to correct it. Like, get someone in to coach defence. Yeah, just get someone in. Three week, three weeks is 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 no time at all. I mean, he would have spent he would have spent a couple of weeks talking to players and you know going through all those hoops, probably getting his IT sorted. And oh. um, as 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 someone with who's just just started a new job, get, getting his getting himself set up on on emails can take days and days sometimes. Um, so I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think I think as I say, I think we would have heard something if it was just all under the carpet, as as you say. But maybe maybe it is it is just a a papering over the cracks operation and you know there's just another voice added to you know the what's already a kind of very convoluted leadership structure and, and messaging or maybe we were in the running to try and get Steve Diamond over the line as a consultant and he has now chosen to join Worcester Warriors as was announced a few days ago and so we're kind of back to square one I mean I for one hope that wasn't the case and I think um, it's a good thing that we haven't haven't brought in Diamond but Maybe that maybe that was what happened, and that's why we haven't haven't heard anything. Yeah, maybe. I, I guess my just worry would be that this was this kind of felt like a perfect time, didn't it, to, to actually change something, to give whatever you did change time, then to to actually build in. And and you know, in it, when I'm not watching Bath Rugby, I spend some of my time watching Manchester United, and the similarities are remarkable in that they have a ex player beloved by the fans who. It isn't going so well for this season. And Manchester United had a break of two weeks, exactly the same as Bath did, where they reviewed it. They decided to stick with Solskjaer. Then they lost badly at the weekend. 
and then they had to change it. But their next game was in two days. So then kind of what there was no plan in place for them to actually change. And it doesn't feel like, you know, if they were going to do it, they should have done it then. And the same with Hooper. If they're going to actually change anything, do it now, bring people in now as opposed to it continually going wrong and then not having the time to actually change something. Because as you highlighted on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, Tom, they the, the fixtures now come thick and fast. And if we are going to actually change something, then you know it's, it's, it's so much more difficult to do that when you've got a fixture, 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 fixture. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's balancing the time, to taking the time to get the right person in place in the first place between balancing, you know, giving them time to get up to speed and to actually let those those changes bed in before 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 the premiership. And I think to your to your point on social and on Solskjaer, um, I think if we live if rugby was the same kind of hire and fire culture that seeing Premiership football, I think Stuart Hooper would would have been probably oh, looking God. for a new job a long, long time ago. And we'd probably have had three or four coaches since um, given the the shit show, frankly, that it's 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 been at times. So, um, yeah. yeah, we will see. Hopefully, yeah, we hopefully, will. something hopefully something soon, um, and 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 hopefully it is it is someone like Gustard or like Michael Checker who has been has been milling about the place doing some doing some quite ropey punditry for the for the internationals. And what are, are we going to mention the internationals quickly mm. because? It's been brilliant watching and, and going to, to support a team that's actually actually winning. I was I was lucky to go to the Australia game um, at Twickenham. First time I've been back to Twickenham in ages to watch to watch to watch that game. But yeah, really really entertaining set of a few weeks of international rugby. Yeah, England are good. England look really good. Um, Jones has successfully, I think. Uh, sprinkled in some some new players whilst maintaining kind of a high level of of of, of, of rugby and of results. Stewart, Smith, Quirk into a team that is able to beat South Africa and Australia, I think is a, a really good achievement for the autumn. So yeah, great to watch a winning team. Bath players, Underhill's done well, but I've not been overly impressed with the contribution of the, the two Bath forwards. Stewart on Saturday against South Africa was uh, influential in the game, certainly, but maybe not in a positive way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair to him, he did get, he was on the end of a, a kind of a team yellow card, which was, uh, which was always a bit tough on, 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 a sub, on the substitute when they, when they come on. But yeah, he did also struggle, struggle at scrum time a little bit, shall we say, but no, no, um, no disgrace against what is a, a pretty beastly South African pack. I mean, Joe Marler got, got mauled as well. And, He's meant to be one of the top scrummages in the world, so I'd yeah I'd, I'd take that with a, with a pinch of salt. Charlie Yule's in what unfortunately has been fairly typical fashion. Nearly got himself on the wrong side of the referee when he he knocked out Evan Atzebeth clean with a, with a flying arm. Again, he he very much fell into to to Yulesy, so you can't kind of criticise him for that. But I thought that would have been quite a typical moment. Stewart with the yellow, and then Charlie Yule's. Oh, if anything you can do, I can do better. Red card, off you go. Um, but no, Underhill, I thought I thought looked sharp, and, and we should also mention Josh Bayliss, G, who uh, made got, got his first cap for Scotland two weeks ago, and then his first start at number eight, uh, where he's been playing a fair bit for Bath, um, strangely, um, and he, he got he got his his, his first start in in a um, a win against against Japan. So 
great for him. Obviously, a guy that's come through the academy and and is is is, is doing really well for for Bath and is still only only twenty four. And then just one last guy on the other end of the spectrum that we should we should we should mention, um, Reese Priestland coming off the bench to seal victory for Australia uh, for for Australia for Wales against Australia. Cool, cool, calm, and collected comes on and, and slots the winning the winning penalty. So yeah, some some Bath and ex Bath guys having some having some success, which was nice to see. Yeah, God, times were easier, weren't they? When all we could complain about was Priestland being too boring. Do you remember that review? Uh, the the reviewer that got in touch with us once saying that once Priestland goes, we we will miss him. That's probably the most accurate review we've ever oh. done on this podcast. Well, and there's also one star, so I think get your one star, get your one star reviews in because they 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 turn they turn out to be pretty prophetic. Really spot on, absolutely spot on. Yeah, uh, Tom, you mentioned Will Stewart there, and a couple of his colleagues in the front row from Bath have been in the in the rumor mill, I guess, in the rugby paper over the past couple of weeks. Benno Abano rumored to be going to Saracens. I guess we'll start there. From my point of view, Tom this worryingly makes an awful lot of sense. Benno from London, going back to, to play, obviously, in London with Saracens, joining his cousin, uh, Maro Atoje, and replacing Mako Vinopola, who at his age may be looking to move on with, with his England aspirations, perhaps uh, the other kind of, you know, behind him. That one to me, Tom, worryingly does make a little bit of sense. Obviously, the rugby paper is pretty hit and miss, however, when it comes to these things. Yeah, the, the the rugby paper, as you say, they do like to kind of um, spray a lot at the wall. Um, some 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 of it does stick, and as you say, the kind of this does this does seem logical. And the the rumor that I've I'd, I'd seen on that is that um, both Vunapolo, so Billy and Mako, have been asked by Eddie Jones basically if they'd commit for two more years of rugby with a view to kind of making the the World Cup. Um, and apparently the response, again, pure conjecture, apparently the response was was no, which was why they were left out of the, the England squad. Now, seems to me more likely that it, it would have been it would have been you know based on 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 poor form, given that obviously they spent the, the the year in the championship and then when they came back, they looked a bit off off pace and off off fitness. But I think a lot of this will hinge on on what Macavina Polo decides to do. And he's been such a talisman for England the last few years he's only 30 years old he's only three years older than Benno Urbano which if you looked at them side by side you'd you think was you think was ridiculous it could almost be one of those aging aging apps um but he yeah he he's still a good player he's still a great player I think he's still got a few years in him so I'd be quite surprised if he'd want to give up his his England his England aspirations before the next World Cup um Benno Urbano again has picked up a long-term injury We'll be doing all his rehab at the club. He'll be building back with the club. I really hope that that's not the last time that we we've seen Ben Urbano playing in a Bath shirt because that 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 will be so sad because he's he, he he's he's been a phenomenal player for mm. us and I think he's he's exactly the sort of guy that we should be doing everything in our power to to keep. So yeah, really really hope those those rumours aren't true. Um, and his fellow loosehead prop, Tom Lewis Boyce, is someone that you put on my radar just before the podcast. So maybe you'd like to to kind of explain that and what you've heard circulating about Boise. Yeah, so this is this is 
this seems a little bit more kind of um, you know this 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 has sort of kind of less substance to it. Um, but I, I just saw kind of a rumor. I think it was the rugby paper as well um, that um, Boyce potentially would be joining the go, going back to to, to Harlequins. Um, I think it was Adam Jones, who's the scrum coach there, was was kind of quoted or, or said to have have said that they'd they, they'd had their 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 eye on him. Um, obviously, yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd spent time there before, and I think was highly rated. So um, he's out of contract at the end of this season. I think he's only made something like 28 appearances for Bath so far, um, you know, since he's been at the club, obviously having having faced um, a bit of a spell of injury towards the back end of last season and the start of this season. So again, he's been a guy that I don't think we've seen the full potential of. He's kind of, for me, he's in the Ellis Genge mould of aggressive, solid in the in the tight, but also a bit of a danger with ball in hand, particularly, particularly when, you know, carrying route one. So I'd be... I'd be I'd be sad to see him go. And I mean, if we were to see both Benno and Lewis Boyce go at the end of the season, then I mean we'd we'd really, really be in dire straits in in that loose head prop position. Yeah, we certainly would. Uh the props that we've seen back those guys up have, have not cut the mustard yet for sure. Tom, let's move on then to the game on Friday night against Exeter. One of four games on Friday night. One I could do the Bath defence coach job, but I could do organising premiership rugby as well. What on earth are they doing? Why are there four games on Friday night? And then the one Saturday game is at the Stoop and there's a game on at Twickenham the same day. <laughs> yeah, that's we're who on BT. We're on BT, I think, aren't we? We are on BT, but who's organising that? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I hadn't actually realised that. That's That's got to be the first time that that's, that's happened. I've no idea why they've scheduled it like that. Um, yeah, and only one, on, only one, only one on TV as well. Which is us yeah. for a change. Maybe there is a reason, but that is remarkable incompetence for that. Like, I always think re- they should spread the games out more. But having four on a Friday night is is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. Like, I can't. Well, you can't. You can't. You can only watch three a weekend as well, anyway. Generally, so I mean, doesn't doesn't change the viewing experience hugely, but um, but yeah, I know. Obviously, Bath Exeter. Are we gonna gonna kind of mention a few of our bleak predictions for that, or well, not not just have me complain about having too many games on a Friday night, but yeah, Tom Exeter, obviously not probably having as strong a season as many are anticipating, not as strong a season as they've had previously, but still find themselves in fourth position. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so not too bad. Did lose both Premiership Rugby Cup games, including that 45-19 defeat to Gloucester, which I alluded to earlier on in the podcast, and lost their previous Premiership game at home to to Newcastle Falcons. Tom Bath are 10-point underdogs in this one. Do you see anything in Exeter's armoury that that we can can exploit and have a first win of the season on Friday night? Not a huge amount, to be honest, mate. Um, I think... Yeah, this probably the one team other than outside Saracens, possibly possibly Bristol, although they're in they're in a terrible run of form. But yeah, I just I just really don't want to be facing Exeter on a on a Friday night, um, given the unavailability we've got. And as you, you mentioned earlier, we're gonna to have to probably field some some younger guys on 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 the bench. And you know, we've we've got our international cavalry, shall we say coming back in the form of those those four guys, Stuart Ewells, 
Underhill and, and Bayliss. But if you look at the guys coming back for, for Exeter, Stuart Hogg, Henry Slade, Sam Skinner, Johnny Hill, Facunda Cordero, um, Sam Simmons, it's, it's fairly, fairly formidable. And I think they will, after a patchy run of form, as you say, G, and, and probably some questions being asked within, within Sandy Park um, about why that is. I think they'll probably want to be fielding probably most of those guys and getting them back out because the, the following fixture they have the, the next week is, is Saracens. Um, and I think they'll probably want to be building up for, for, that, um, for that game, which will clearly be, clearly, clearly be a big challenge. So it's, it's, it's very, very tough. I mean, they've at times this season looked a little bit defensively frail, which is 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 strange to is strange to see. Um, London Irish were able to exploit that in the in the wild in in, in the wide channel. Sorry, the other thing that has has really um, gone against them, shall we say, are some of the the changes to the laws that we've spoken about previously. So the the kind of driving mall close quarters game and pick and go game isn't quite as an effective weapon as it has been previously for them, given the, 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 that it's now a turnover if, you, if you're able to, to, to hold them up. So from a defensive point of view, I think teams have been able to, able to exploit that and, and get turnovers where previously it would have been a, 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 um, a, a, a five-meter scrum. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say our, our best chance is um, try and lose the collisions, which I think we'll 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 probably do anyway, and then see if you can just get under the ball, um, ride ride with them over the line, and then somehow get your get get your hands under the ball for the for the held up turnover. That would be my that would be my best advice. <laughs> There's plenty of goal line dropouts for Bath if we're going to be successful on Friday night. Then yeah. I think Nicola Curtis actually on Twitter summed up the the attitude of a lot of Bath fans when she said finding it hard to summon up the enthusiasm to watch us against a team we always lose to on what will be a freezing cold Friday night after a long week. I will though, of course. And yeah, we will put ourselves through it again. But as you say, Tom, it does look extremely difficult. You know, clearly the team selection will have uh, a huge impact on it. How many internationals we bring back and probably most importantly, how many internationals they bring back. But I also think we may, Tom, see the return of of a key man for Bath, someone that I cannot underestimate how badly we've missed him, and that's Ben Spencer. We told we were told that he's close to returning, and that was for the uh, game prior to this break. And so he must be very close to being back, and um, and, and he's just so influential to to this Bath team. So yeah, if it is if it is a tight game, he may be the the difference for to push it over towards a, a Bath victory. But but I think realistically a losing bonus point on one of your favourite things uh, is maybe all, all we can hope for on, on Friday night. And it's, it's got to be best foot forward. I mean, there can be no, I know it's an intense schedule, but we need to try and stop the rot and and and, and get back some sense of, of pride in in the club and just, just, just get a win, frankly. And it may not happen on Friday, but we need to get all the cavalry back in. I mean, Sam Underhill is the only guy that's, that's really played a lot of, a lot of tough rugby over the last few weeks. So, um, but I'd still like to see him go back and I'm sure he'll be chomping in a bit, but all the international guys back in Toby Falatau, I'd like to see him come back in and start and start, start, um, you know, earning, earning his, earning his money. 
um, having having been out. But I think he's rel- relatively close, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know how his recovery has gone over over the last few weeks. Um, ben Spencer, as you say, will be will be absolutely huge as well. So yeah, we we, we need we need to throw everything we've got at, at Exeter. You know, we have beaten them in previous seasons gone by. I mean, when we have, it's been an absolutely turgid, horrible affair. I remember one, I think twelve nine win at the wreck a, a couple of seasons ago so let's try and try and make it horrible um and and try and capitalize on on some some weak form that that, that we've seen from Exeter because yeah as I say in the last couple of seasons they've been they've, they've been riding high mm. not going to this game we are Tom so I think fingers crossed for rain and poor conditions because that gives us our most likely win and we'll be able to watch it from the warmth of our living room but yeah as you say Franklin's Gardens next week and then the big one on Boxing Day which which to me looks like our, our best chance to uh, win maybe for the whole season when we do um, host Gloucester on Boxing Day as I say Tom thank you very much for, for joining me um, good to be back an intense run of fixtures as you say so hit subscribe um, get your thoughts into us at social media and whatever happens with the boys over the next few weeks Stick behind them through thick and thin.